yeah, they had their first show at Chain Reaction. And I saw that the video was six minutes long. And I was like, there's no way this show is six <laughs> minutes long. So I was like, I had to check it out. What is up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. Um, a band who's been on just a world domination tour, it feels like, um, uh, is the person that I'm bringing on today. Um, I've gotten the pleasure of seeing Zulu not only once, but twice. Um, we got to cover them uh, when they played in Tulsa uh, at the end of 2021, and then got to see them again play up in our hometown, uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And uh, I think, um, you know, the fact that we are, we were the very first ever Zulu drum cam. I knew that I eventually wanted to have Christine on the podcast to talk drums and Zulu and everything in between. So without further ado, I'm very excited to be welcoming Christine of Zulu on the Scoped Exposure podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yo, what's up, Spencer? What's up? So happy to be here. Very happy to have you. So, uh, Christine, I don't know if you've checked out uh, any of the past episodes that we've done. Um, you know, Braxton has been on the show and I has been on a couple times as well. Uh, but we always check a Bev before we get into the music discussions. So it's tradition for the guests to go first. Um, so tell me what you got going on. Well, I'm a huge, like, ginger ale advocate. And I was like, and you know inspiration of canada i brought a canada dry oh very best, nice <laughs> the best soft drink ever possible and then just to level it out i just got a bottle of water you know okay keep it healthy somewhat that's uh that's high praise for the canada dry um hasn't yeah. been featured as much on on the on the show to my knowledge it's like my favorite like soft drink besides like lemonade like that's like the only thing i would choose besides water Hmm. Okay. So is that a, like a pre preset ritual, like a Canada dry or do you have any other well, uh, set bevs <laughs> per se? I would say probably just water. Cause like caffeine and stuff before a show can really tire you out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, after a show and I'm just chilling in the back, I could just crack open a ginger ale. Cause I'm not really a coffee drinker and tea is only like for like, vocal things so right. but I, I really enjoy ginger ale i don't really listen to like i don't really drink like coffee and all that okay so it's canada dry most of the time not all the time but most yeah. of the time oh yeah very cool that's my bread and butter bread and butter um so i'm drinking um i i i've uh i've been on the tail end of uh my bev supply and i i need to do a run this weekend to to kind of stock up but i'm drinking a uh it's a perrier um but the blackberry flavor um oh, i'm not like that. yeah i'm not super big i think i've done the um i've done the regular old perrier and then the strawberry flavor um i think is pretty good with 
not in the the can but in the the plastic bottle but the blackberry is like kind of a nice like balance it's not too fruity it's not too sugary so that's what i'm rocking today that's fire yeah, yeah I'm well, gonna try I'll, that next time I go to the gas station. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those very accessible bevs. It's not too fancy, so everyone listening can definitely snag one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. So cheers to you, Christine. Really excited to do this combo with you. Cheers. We'll crack it open. Sometimes um, when I sit down, like most of the time, I can kind of leave the bev or I like forget about it. But I sat down and. I haven't had very many today, and then I cracked it open already before you jumped on. I was like, oh, no, that can be bad luck for the interview. I hope not. <laughs> um, so, Christine, um, you know, anytime someone who's brand new to our show who hasn't been on before, I always like to get a bit of, you know, their hardcore origin story, so to speak. So take me way back in time when you were, like, first discovering this whole um, you know, heavy music underground scene, uh, whether it was punk, hardcore, or something in the middle. Um, I, I've heard in past interviews that your brother was like really integral into you finding out about all this. Yeah, of course. He's, he introduced me to Paramore and uh, that was like around the time when the, their first album came out, All We Know Is Falling. Mm -hmm. And that album is pretty emo if you heard it before. Um, but there's a track it's like the the closing track and there's a the part in the bridge where it's like screaming vocals and then Haley singing on top of it and there's a little bit like bass drum action going on and like I heard that for the first time and like something clicked and I was like what is that how do I find more of it and so like growing up I just been like scourging the internet for like bands like that and I found like Bring Me the Horizon Crown the Empire Emira mm. um that's a big jump well. from uh from Paramore it's a big to, jump. to Amir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I jumped like headfirst into like the metalcore like area and mm -hmm. I haven't looked back since. Like I've discovered hardcore maybe in like I'd say high school. Okay. Um the first hardcore band that I heard, I didn't know that it was hardcore because I was like I've it's like a new genre. I didn't even know what it was. It was a whole different sound. And they're still like underground to this day. I don't even think they're still a band, but they're a band called No Idea. No Idea. And okay. like, yeah. And I I had never heard anything like that. And then I heard the gospel by Knock Loose. And I was like, this is that sound. Mm. And it was like a light bulb went off. And since then, it's like Knock Loose has opened so many bands to me nowadays. It's like, the scene is crazy. Like <laughs> one band will make you, you know, a fan of another band. And that's just kind of how it happened for me. It just like spiraled into a giant snowball. So, yeah, totally. And yeah, sometimes it all it takes is like one music video or single to really just be like, okay, that's the, that's the big piece of snow. That's really making this thing, um, overwhelming yeah. and, and over, uh, overtaking. Um, it is interesting just on the, on the, on the Paramore side, because, you know, I was a big Paramore fan growing up as well, but it, like the drums specifically, like looking back now and having way more um, knowledge when it comes to like good songwriting practices, it's like the drums are just so iconic from some of those first Paramore records. So was it yeah. the the music overall or the were the drums like a very 
like for the Paramore's uh, influence for you specifically? Like, did that like really catch your ear? Yeah, the drums definitely caught my ear at first. Like, I actually didn't want to play drums at first. I really mm. wanted to play guitar because just it looked cooler. Um, but like, drums just made more sense to me. And in, just in what that way? album was like, I guess because like. I've had guitars ever since I was little and I just like never understood where to put my fingers and stuff like that. But like with drums, I just air drummed and I was like, oh, I know where everything is. I know where the crash is and the rack tom without having even touched the drum set, even seen one in real life. Right, right. Okay. It's just it's just like it was meant to be the drums and not guitar. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting how it's like with guitar. It, it's funny watching a movie where the the guitarist is like clearly not hitting like chords but the music is changing but it's like way harder to fake that on the drum side if you're not doing yeah. <laughs> you know if you're not hitting the crash and it's like the floor tom or, or whatever um but yeah that that is interesting on like it felt more oh i could actually do this because i could kind of do it with an invisible imagination drum set in front of me yeah because you can air guitar but it's like you're not playing what you think you are right <laughs> That's true. Um, so, so you're finding out about these bands. Um, you know, high school is kind of where um, the hardcore side of things kind of enter into your mind. Um, when did like start playing in bands come into the picture for you? Was that like pretty soon right away, or did that come with time? Did that not happen until Zulu? Talk to me about that. I had my first band like. I want to say eighth grade. Um, it was just like me and two friends. We were just doing like Arctic Monkeys covers in my like laundry room. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it wasn't really anything big. It was just like, we never wrote any originals. We just did covers of like Waves and Beach Bunny and all that stuff. Um, and then I, you know, obviously high school bands never last. So after high school, I joined another band. It was an alternative indie band. Didn't really get anywhere. Uh, n another band was, uh, we tried to go the hardcore route and uh, life just got in the way. People were going to school and college and stuff like that. Big boy jobs. Sure. Um, so yeah, Azula was like the first band that I've been in that's like really been doing things like touring mm. and festivals, all that stuff. Yeah, it's like, the background hasn't been really exciting. Zulu's kind of like where it started. Okay. So let's talk about that. Cause you know, like I mentioned, Anaya has been on the show a few times. We've talked about some of the origins of how he started that project. And originally like he was playing in a lot of other bands and that was purely a side thing, but the, it kind of in this post covid time frame when it comes to hardcore there's a lot of side projects that ended up being the full-time projects for a lot of people so when yeah. did i guess like you know because i think and you just correct the record if i'm wrong i think anaya recorded drums on the first two eps um and yeah. but then you can't you were coming into the picture to play so when when was that initial like dm or message or inquiry of like hey i got this project i, I need someone because for for the folks that don't know, uh, you know, Zulu is a is a Los Angeles hardcore band, but you're the only member who doesn't live in Los Angeles specifically. <laughs> yeah. 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 It started like, uh, I'd say, 
April 2019. So it was just a little bit before the pandemic. Um, and I found it was before I was a part of Zulu. It was like the lineup was all crazy. Um, and I saw a video of them on 197 Media. I don't know if you're familiar with with that channel. Very much so. Um, Steven's they, a great friend of yeah. mine. So shout out to him. Incredible videographer. But um, yeah, they had their first show at Chain Reaction. And I saw that the video was six minutes long. And I was like, there's no way this show is six <laughs> minutes long. So I was like, I had to check it out. And I was blown away. I was like, what is this? So I was like, okay, what's their Instagram? Like, I'm going to support this band no matter how I, how I can. Mm-hmm. Didn't have an Instagram. So I was like, okay, I recognize Anaya because I was like, I've seen that kid somewhere. Right. So I was like, oh, he's in that one band there. And I was like, okay. So I scounged for his Instagram, followed him thinking like nothing will come out of it just to keep track of like the Zulu stuff. Right. And he DMs me and he's like, yo, you play drums. Like you should come out and like jam and like show these fools what's going on. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was just so random. And I was like, dude, okay, I'm, I'm with it. Like, just mm-hmm. tell me when and I'll be there. And the first show I did with them was actually a live stream show. It was like during COVID. But like, I was like, Oh yes, yeah, I do remember it. watching that. Yeah. So that was your first yeah, yeah. time uh, playing the drums. That was the very Zulu. first time playing with them. Yeah. Interesting. And I was okay. like, dude, I was like, this is it. Like, this is really cool. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's just, we had our first show like that coming June and it was crazy. And I was like, well, now I kind of have to stay like, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Right. So since then, it, since then it's just been amazing and I'm incredibly grateful for everything. Yeah. It, the power of a super short set, um, whether that's being played live and you're just like, left wanting more or you're on the internet and you're like how does this band have a six minute set i have to watch this and then look exactly that's insane (laughs) yeah yeah and it turns out like oh sorry no you um yeah it turns out in that same week they were looking for a female drummer and like it's just like everything came into place with us because like i was looking for a new band at the time but not even thinking that i was going to join zulu I was just mm-hmm. looking for anything. Yeah. And then they were just looking for like specifically me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it literally just all worked out. That's that is destiny textbook example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So living proof, literally. Living proof. Yeah. Shout out to Drain. Um, so in the midst of Drain. So in the midst of all that, like, you know, you start jamming, you do the 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 live stream gig you do the real gig and then it's like okay something's here um obviously like we've had plenty of people on the show before who have those like you know more long distance band relationships like um a a big band for me because i'm from winnipeg is comeback kid and majority of that band lives from toronto to vancouver like all across canada um so i'm kind of just curious on like you know you can always drum if the, or you can always jam if the uh, the bass player or the guitarist or even the vocalist isn't available. But the drummer is kind of that main, you know, necessary piece for the jam. So with you living in Arizona yeah. and the rest of the members living there, are you just commuting like all the time? Or are you guys only jamming when when it's time for for shows and touring? Um, talk to me about that struggle, uh, or is there a struggle? Yeah. 
yeah, there definitely is a struggle um, mm-hmm. being six hours away from the guys. But I have to travel a lot to go to LA to practice. And it's only like when we have shows coming up. So like I'll be there like a day or two before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of commuting on my end. Yeah. But well, it's uh, it, it's it's sort of worth it though. <laughs> like it may seem like, God, this is so like crappy, but once you do it, it's like okay, this is chill. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it would be one thing if it was like okay, I'm I'm getting there to play a show for sixty kids, but if it's like you're playing seventeen twenty in L.A. and it's sold out, like that's definitely worth the six hour trek. Yeah. I can't there. get mad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, as long as we have a good set, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Anaya reached out to you um, to play the drums, was it discussed even earlier on, like for you to kind of do as much vocals that you're doing now? I think as the releases have gone on, I've you know, especially on this latest record, I I hear your voice almost. I want to say it's like fifty fifty, but it's like sixty forty, two thirds, one third from Anaya to you, you, you do a lot of vocals as well as the drums. So was that discussed very early in you joining the band or did that just come, uh, in the midst of jamming together? Yeah, it it was discussed very early because, uh, I had a video of like my old band and I did vocals and drum in that old band. And Anaya saw that and he was like, Oh, you should do vocals in this band. And he's like, I got all these cool ideas. And I was like, all right, so i just hopped on with it (laughs) yeah no yeah i guess if there's already an example of you doing that versus like hey i i think i can do the vocals like you know you were just essentially doing what you did in that old band for that yeah i mean it was already something i have been doing for years so i was like you know it doesn't really it won't be too hard to like learn something else yes like a different genre with it you know true um, so in the midst of that, so you join up, like Anaya has, has written all of the music, drums, guitars, vocals, um, this, that, or that, um, was it challenging for you to kind of like learn his drum style? And then when it came to like newer stuff, um, is he still doing all the drum writing or were you able to kind of like crack in and, and, and make your own stamp, so to speak? He definitely makes like the bass layer for the drums. Um, but I definitely go in and put in my own fills and like feel to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to writing, that's, that's him. Uh, for this new record though, like most guitars and the bass have been written by, you know, Des, Braxton and Satchel. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this album has been a really collective project. Like you can hear all of our influences on the album uh, me, especially being metalcore, you can hear some of that in there. Saz, like his jazz, neo-soul stuff going on. You can hear that on Shine Eternally, mm-hmm. on We're More Than This. Um, Braxton, obviously, he's a thrash guy, so you're going to hear that. We need Des some riffs from Braxton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more dive bombs and solos. Um, yeah, and and Des, he wrote uh, Where I'm From, so that, that whole song is, is Des. So you can hear all the different sounds. Just we we made it work somehow, but mm. yeah, it's it's this album has been a full band thing. Yeah, and and I think like for any band, it is definitely a uh, a challenge, especially when you have like really successful like EPs like that like 
all killer, no filler kind of shit. But you're like, how can we take that same mindset, but make it a full album and, 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 and have it not feel like, oh, we, we phoned in with an interlude for this track or whatever. Like listening to that record front to back today, was just like, it feels like you're just on this journey and not even just a journey of like sonically, but there's all these different, all of the different songs that might branch out to different subgenres within the heavy music space. Nothing, all of that feels earned and not forced, at least to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when it came down to writing a new tomorrow, like, you know, in the past, you know, and I maybe writing everything and then sending it to everyone. Like, did you guys have sessions in a jam space and kind of like all throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what stuck? Was it again, a little harder with you being a little bit more remote and having to send ideas back and forth? Yeah, it was hard for me being over here. Um, like I know the guys were just sending riffs back and forth in the group chat. Um, I know they got together a couple times to like really work out some songs like at someone's house. Right. But for me, like as soon as I got to the studio, I was as I was recording, I was learning the songs and like writing fills. Um yeah, so like my writing portions have happened in the studio while recording and then just they had like little parts here and there, like little riffs in the group chat, and then they just Anaya kind of just like went in and finalized all of them. Right. Um and then obviously going into the studio, everyone had to relearn it with Zach, you know, our producer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the writing process didn't seem very, it seemed very uh, fluid, hmm. I'd say. Yeah. I, I could imagine, though, like, are there, because if you're like force, forcing yourself to be creative when it's like, okay, we're paying for studio time, like we have someone who's waiting to press record on my drum parts, you're like... <laughs> Was it easy enough for you to be like, hey, can we run that again? I want to try a different fill or want to accent this a little bit more here. Um, or were you guys like on a tight tight timeline? Uh, yes and no. Like we knew that we had a whole month to record the album and finish it. Mm-hmm. But we also had time to like really hash out ideas. And like Zach, he mixes our other stuff and all that. He's an incredible engineer and he really like pushes you to get that perfect take. Mm. And he has some really great ideas for like drum fills and like how to do certain things. So that definitely helped a lot with making the album. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. one thing I want to talk about um, was kind of something I, I mentioned in the intro. Um, when we filmed Zulu for Promcore, which was then called Act Like You Know, which is now called Flyover Fest. There's been a lot of name changes for reasons <laughs> I will not get into because they're a little silly. Um, but uh, I remember, because Zulu was the very first set that we posted, it was definitely like the most requested. And I think we posted the drum cam immediately after. And I didn't realize that there weren't any other drum cams of you, I guess like that have either been filmed or at the very, uh, at the very least released. And uh, something that I noticed that was a little like funky to me, because like it's pretty known, like, you know, there's like, OK, there's a there's a girl playing the drums in Zulu. But I think because of maybe the angle, it's kind of like just over your shoulder on the stage left side. You got the hoodie up, the yeah. ho- the the beanie. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of people who were like, 
yo, this bro rips on the drums. And I'm like, <laughs> it says Christine in the title of yeah. this video. Um, I don't know if you had any thoughts in the mid, like that, that, that was many moons ago when we posted that, but is that something that's unfortunately an ongoing thing when it comes to like someone like either online or if, if there's any of that in person? Yeah, a lot. Um, in person too. Like, uh, we were playing, uh, I think we were in Montreal and I think we just finished playing and this dude was like, yo, drummer guy, you're sick. And I was like, I, I was like, I don't know if I heard right. So like I had my headphones in. Sure. And I heard Des go on the mic. He's like, yo, she's a girl. And it's just <laughs> like, everyone was like, whoa. But yeah, online, I see that a lot. But I, I mean, I'm not the most feminine presenting person so it's like i can't get mad at them for assuming the wrong but it does happen a lot yeah like it is a th a thing where like you don't want to just like okay i'm just gonna go and you know just put this montreal guy like through the ringer because like he just <laughs> yeah. said drummer guy but it is a thing where it's yeah. like you know I, I, I think there's a healthy practice of like not just being so upfront, especially nowadays of just like, oh, this is just a dude, like it's a dude in a band when it's like, you, like, can you use your eyes for like half a second here? And like, <laughs> yeah. and even just like, like just kind of go into that a little bit more just like, hey, I, I don't want to just assume because, you know, it makes an ass out of you and me, but um, <laughs> yeah. The online is crazy to me because, like, you know, you don't you don't have a name like Sam that can be kind of like for, you know, it's kind of can go both ways. Like Christine, I, I've never met any guys named Christine. So if neither have I. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason I wanted to bring that up is kind of like, you know, I do. I say this a lot because I don't think you know the things as far as like representation within hardcore is like a like that's a marathon not a sprint and something that i have i've seen more um you know more rep representation for um like non-binary or queer people or or just women in general like playing bass or guitar or things like that but like the drummer like category is like few and far between at least from what I've been able to see. I don't know if you think that there's a reason to that or if there's like maybe a different access thing because drummers have to like have just more that they're responsible for as far as like playing the actual music. I don't know if that if you have any thoughts on that or if that's crossed your mind at all. Yeah, I mean sorry, what was the question? I guess like the the very basic question is why aren't there more non cis white men playing the drums? In your opinion. Well, I'd say it's intimidation because like I was very intimidated. There was a lot of white cis guys in the scene, and they may say like, "Oh, we're welcoming to everybody," but it's like they're really not. Um, and a lot of females, non-binary people would feel the same way. Like, it's not, like, when you walk in there, it just doesn't feel like you belong. And it should not feel that way. Hmm. It should be accepting for everyone to do whatever. Like, if you want to start a band, like, 
whoever's watching right now, if you are a female, queer, non-binary, like don't be afraid to pick up a guitar and start a hardcore band or play drums or do vocals. Like, please do it. Like, I'm giving you my support. Like, f all these white cis guys have something to say about it. Like, just do what you want to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I think I, I've had this conversation with a few other people, either on and off the podcast. But I think that there's like certain roles of like, oh, like it's a girl, so she's gonna sing or she's gonna play bass. I'm like, why can't she riff or play the drums? Like, yeah, or like people thinking that there's like just like different way like it, it's just a very strange thing but like the there have been certain bands that i found like i could probably count on one hand how many like female like or or femme presenting like uh drummers that i know versus like the laundry list of you know just dude drummers uh in the scene but like i don't know like i don't know what is the thing to kind of like again it's a marathon so it's not going to happen in a year's time but i i would like to see more um girls drumming in bands personally i agree i agree are there any like female drummers uh at least that you've been able to play shows with or you follow online or any of that 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 come to mind that need to get a little bit more um notice you know one, ones that i should be on the hunt for a drum cam for I don't I don't really know any female drummers. That's what's crazy to me. It's like I can't think of one. Or maybe I'm missing one, but like I just nothing comes to mind, honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's the, sad. <laughs> so the f maybe two that are coming to mind, um there's a, a band called The Victims. Um, I can't remember where exactly where they're from, but Meredith uh, is their drummer, and she's been on the podcast before. Um, oh, she's, she's got a crazy like she she's like standing on her kit half of the time, just very <laughs> crazy stage presence for you know being entrapped uh, behind a drum set. And then there's another band that I am blanking on. Um, they're like a pop punk band. And they have a female drummer. Oh, Meet Me at the Altar. That's that's one band, but I don't know if that's hardcore. But Meet Me at the Altar. Okay. They have a female drummer, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, they're sick. Yeah. Okay. Meet Me at the Altar. I'm trying to remember because they were like a pop punk band, but I knew that they covered Hatebreed once, and I thought that was very cool for a pop punk band to do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like again. We don't like. I'm not crying you for the answers here but it is something that i constantly think about because like i i i remember when um cat who sings for this band from denver called fom they're not a band anymore i think they i think they have played their last show or they're planning on doing that but she was just saying and encouraging dudes and bands to just like when you're starting a new project like don't just think about asking all your bro friends that you've been playing in bands with like sometimes it is just getting a follow from someone being like oh this chick from arizona drums like let's go and and see if she wants to do it and here we are you know yeah of course mm -hmm. um so 
I want to talk about um, some of the new tracks uh, from A New Tomorrow. Um, you were mentioning uh, Shine Eternal uh, is kind of a, a bit of a different kind of vibe when it comes to the record. And on the drum side, I had, I was curious. It sounds like you either recorded with an entirely different drum set or maybe the snare was different. Is that just me like yeah. trying to connect some dots that aren't even there or is there some truth to that? No, you you got it. Actually, I didn't record on the softer tracks on the album. Uh, oh, okay. That was Anaya that tracked those, but I was there for the whole thing. Um, yeah, we pretty much just like changed the whole snare drum. Like the tuning was just different for those two songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Zach is a powerhouse. Like he went in and he just like tuned the whole kit to like a different genre. It was, it was so cool to see. Yeah, that's wild to go from like loud, aggressive, like power violence-y kind of music and then going to something that's like, oh, we're just going to like vibe out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've seen a lot of comments on, you know, either Zulu sets or different things. And I think your drum on our drum cam as well, like your snare is tuned like so high, <laughs> <laughs> like a gunshot. Yeah. High. So yeah, people really are work, saying it sounds like. Sorry, people are saying it sounds like Snapcast, Snapcat case. Oh okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I could, I could see that, but I, I enjoy it though. I'm glad people like it. Yeah, has it? Where is it going? Where it's too high? Where it's like, oh, I think this thing's about to like pop if I hit it too hard. <laughs> There's no too high. Like. There's no too high. Crank, okay. crank that, crank that snare drum, dude. Like I don't care. Like. That's how I like it. Some people right. will think it's obnoxious, but I love it. I feel like, I think in the mix sometimes, like at least for certain bands that I've heard, it's like, it is a little too much, but like there yeah. is a, there is a balancing act for sure. If it's in a live setting, have that thing like be tuned to the ceiling. I, yeah. I don't even care. Um, yeah. I couldn't bring that into the studio, but live wise, like F it, I'm doing it. <laughs> for sure um so so on some of the slower stuff like you were just kind of doing the blast beats the fast stuff all for the heavy stuff but um yeah and i was ha handling the rest of that because i was like it, it was kind of nice it must have been nice to kind of just go from doing blast beats and being so like meticulous and then being like oh we just i get to just do the same beat at a chill level for like 64 measures or whatever it is yeah and plus, like, I, as long as I can play anything heavy, I'm cool. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, if I have to play something soft, I'm just like, uh, yeah, someone else do it. Like, <laughs> sure. I, I'd rather play breakdowns and blast beats than some smooth jazz, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's, yeah, uh... I'll be falling asleep. <laughs> I'll be falling asleep. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, I literally will fall asleep. Yeah, you're like, um, Anaya, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure, okay. Um... Yeah, he was for it too. So, mm -hmm. so um, another track that I wanted to to hit on is the song "Where I'm From," and y'all did. I, I I can't remember if it was a full on single, but I know that you guys dropped a video for that song, and it yeah. kind of had like I have to shout out whoever did the video because it was just kind of like like as as a video editor myself all the little details of the 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 windows popping up and the 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 um the the ticker as far as scrubbing and then it would go to the next thing um did y'all shot that 
on the Dark Side of the Moon tour because I recognized a lot of yeah. familiar faces in that video. Yeah, that was definitely like on the second to last date. Um, but that whole video was been shot by Dez. Oh, Dez like, did that whole that, thing. Dez did the whole thing. He edited everything. Like that's all him. Um, for people that don't know, Dez has his own solo rap project. Mm. Um, he was gonna use that like template for his song, but he's like, "Yo, this is cool for a Zulu thing." So we did that. But yeah, all that is Dez. So shout out to Dez, honestly. Dez is like this creative powerhouse that I never. I only got to see some of that a little bit more when um when they were doing uh some stuff on the road with with scowl and then there was like scowl music video that des shot in full i was like damn okay des yeah. you got some man could cook so yeah he can cook <laughs> yeah um obviously a very talked about thing at least online um before that video was coming out was y'all had eric andre um a part of that video how did that connection yeah. point happen uh did he come to you or like was there something else in the mix i don't know i think he reached out to anaya but i know he's like he's a real like hardcore like heavy music fan mm -hmm. uh yeah and all of a sudden we just like it was just like one random night and i got a text in the group chat and it was just a video of like behind the scenes of Eric Andre, like it was Anaya and Dez at his crib, just <laughs> shooting him like for the video. And I was like, I had to watch like five times to make sure I was looking at the same thing. Yeah. But I was like, this is so random. And then he was like, oh yeah, he's going to be on a music video. I was like, all right. <laughs> Turns out he's like a, he's a fan of Zulu and it's the most random thing ever. Cause like I used to watch the Eric Andre show like late at night in oh, high school. So it's yeah. like, it's crazy to think that he's a fan of us. So that happened. And then, yeah, he's just been around <laughs> just chilling, listening to Zulu and putting us on his Instagram story. It's a, uh, it's crazy. That's very cool. I, Eric Andre yeah. is like one of those, he had one of those shows where it's like, there's a part of me that like in some kind of alternate reality where I'm famous enough where I could do his show. I would I would half want to do it, half not want to do it because you have like anything could happen on on his no, show. No, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's something else. Yeah. But um yeah, it, it's really cool to 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 have, you know, a little bit of a like a, a music video cameo, if anything. Um, but like not yeah. having it in a way that like, oh, we paid this dude to be a part of this video. He's like a genuine fan of you guys. Yeah, he was all for it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't... Sometimes when I think about, like, the little celebrity crossovers that we've been seeing, like, whether it's, like, you know, um, you know, like, uh, Dennis from, from Speed came on the podcast and we talked about, like, the, the Shaquille O'Neal, like, crossover photo <laughs> moment, and then there's, like, all this other crazy stuff with, like, Knock Loose and Billie Eilish watching them at Coachella. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know ev if ever... If a celebrity is like, yo, have you like checked out this band to uh, another B or A list celebrity and just like is putting it on the car? I guess that happens, but like that feels too mundane, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's definitely strange. Like recently uh, we found out that uh, P. 
Pete Wentz and uh, Patrick Stump is like a fan of Zulu from Fall Out Boy. Yeah, I and, did see uh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patrick was wearing our merch during an interview and he was just like shouting out the album and stuff, which is crazy. And like, you know, I'm a Fall Out Boy fan. Des is like a huge Fall Out Boy fan. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine he's stoked about that. Yeah. And that's it's, another band that has a lot of ties to the hardcore universe uh, from, yeah. from the early days. Um, yeah, I think it's the there's a there's some weird thing where the drummer of Fall Out Boy uh, was starting a project with um, not the main Misery Signal Signer, but the one that they had like kind of in between when Jesse wasn't in the band. Um, I'm blanking on his name. He's Canadian, um, and uh, they had this project. I think, I think I'm gonna look this up while I'm talking about this. Um, right. um, but I think the band was called Soulless, and they put out like a a band camp kind of thing, like purely as a this is not we're not going on tour. This is purely like an online thing or whatever, like super group kind of thing. And then I think mm-hmm. it got taken down because like Universal was just like there's some kind of weird conflict between Fall Out Boy's drummer being in the band. So I think he had to leave the band, but he like <laughs> wrote everything. Um it was it was this very strange thing. So I'm gonna have to find that and uh and send that to you because it is funny right. when a band gets to a certain level, but they come from a very like DIY space, and that's the only way that people yeah. can think, even if their band is Fall Out Boy. Yeah. So, um, so Eric Andre is vibing with you guys. Uh, it, do you think that's like probably the biggest celebrity that you either know has shouted you out or like you've seen? Um, or is there any other ones that come to mind? Um, not really. Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't really know. I think those are like the only two celebrity, two or three celebrities that I know. I mean, I've met Haley Williams. I don't know if she knows about Zulu, but I've met her. <laughs> when did you? Uh, when did you meet Haley, and how did that happen? Uh, we were playing a festival in LA, um, and I was backstage to watch Turnstile actually. And she just like walked right in front of me. And I was like, there's only one person with orange hair like that. And I was like, there's no way (laughs) that's who I think it is. Right. And yeah, I turned back around and I was like freaking out. I was like hyperventilating and I had to call my brother. I was like, yo, come backstage. Like you would not believe who was here. Right. Yeah. I talked to her and I like took a picture with her and then now I don't know when this is going to come out, but like later this month, we have a a festival that we're going to be playing and Paramore's headlining. So I'm going to go up to her and be like, yo, you remember me? And show her this picture. And just mm. like, I don't know. Hopefully I can put her on to Zulu because I know she's into like hardcore. Yeah. I see her two-stepping and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. 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 She, she's she got connections um, through there. Yeah. But... She knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when someone <laughs> is like, Who's standing in front of me? Oh, I know exactly who's standing in front of me right now. Yeah, I didn't even have to like look at her fully. I was just like, I saw orange hair, and I was like, there's no way. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah. that is. I there's a part of me that thinks about the day where this podcast could be big enough that I could interview people like Haley Williams. Um, but I would need like a month of prep 
like not only just <laughs> for research, but like for my own emotional, like, okay, you can do this. I feel that. Don't punish, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that. So props to you for. <laughs> for even thinking about trying to do that. For even thinking about doing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We had someone on the podcast recently who even just was like, how do you do this whole show thing? And I said something, and this was like uh, after we were done recording, and I like I got super technical as far as how I do the show. And she's like, no, like how do you talk, like have a like a conversation with someone that isn't super boring and stay like engaged for like an hour and a half to two yeah. hours straight? I'm like, oh, uh, th- that part of that is natural and part of that is just experience so so yeah it, it is what it is um but if anyone on the Haley williams team is listening um don't hit me up now hit me it up in like up. T- two years or something because i want to yeah. be able to work up to that um okay here's a interesting so Haley williams team hears this podcast li- is listening right now and is like Hey, we should ask Christine to drum a Paramore song for that set because they're going to be playing in the same uh, fest. What's the one yeah. song that you would be like? I'll do that one. Dang, because I literally know all the like the discography like mm-hmm. on drums. But what's I the most fun? Literally, whatever that... song. The most fun. Oh man. I probably like choose something from the new album if they're going to be performing uh figure eight. Okay. I love the drums on that. So I was like that or you first. Hmm. I would really like to play those songs, but any yeah. of the old songs, if they, if they're down for it, I'm, I'm ready to go. Right. Cause I, I was like, if, if you like, I don't know which older songs, cause there was a, there was, an era where misery business was not in the set list. And it's only recently that that's yeah. <laughs> kind of come back. But um, yeah. yeah, choosing that versus like, Hey, can you do crush, crush, crush? And that's like, that's like the whole song almost. So <laughs> yeah, that's like the uh, easiest thing you could play. Yeah. But you want to do something that has some pizzazz. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, if that happens, I'll just, take credit for me i will pass away it, so. like call the coroner call my mom like that's it for me like i'm done <laughs> going going out uh, in the blades of glory as they say i'm going out with a bang that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> um so uh christine anyone that like follows you or knows you like knows that you're a musician that doesn't just hit the sticks. Um, you make music as well. And uh, you put out I a single um, at the very end of last year uh, called Paralysis. Um, have you I always did. been making like music? And that was kind of like the first thing that you have put out? Or have you put out a bunch of other stuff that just maybe is a little bit more buried? Yeah, that's the first like I've written that song years ago and I have so many songs that I've like, I've been too scared to put out, but now I'm like, F it. Like, you know, like I need to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be more songs. Like I'm currently writing and finishing others. Um, but like in my past, like I've written, I've written, sorry, uh, other songs, but I didn't sing on them as much. 
like my old band, the College Dropouts, uh, I did vocals, like backup vocals a little bit, but never like full on sing. Um, but I was like, you know what, now it's time to like dip my feet into that area. I got you. And uh, yeah, I would love to start playing shows eventually and start a band. And But yeah, there's going to be more music coming out. So Soon or in the months to come? In the months to come. I'm trying to put out at least two singles by the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. Are we doing any like videos or is it just like here's some here's the artwork and the song uh hope you like it kind of thing yeah i'm gonna do a video and like i said i'm trying to find a band to put together okay and uh yeah maybe do like a couple shows maybe like a little weekend run like a little tour run um yeah i'm I'm, i have some ideas i have some really cool ideas are you planning on just doing that under your own name or are you going to have like more of a project kind of title once that all comes together it's going to be just like under my name and just kind of like a backing band yeah that's cool yeah because the idea for this was like just a solo project um yeah so i don't want it to be like a band thing that might seem selfish, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I want it to be like my own thing, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, it's like, it's less pressure if you just, it's, this is my, it's me, but then you're hiring or you're, you know, calling in some favors for a backing band for one, two, a few, a few different shows. Like sometimes that's, yeah. you know if you're in a band then there's like different people that want to add their own input, you know, there's like specific expectations and different schedules. But if you're like, I'm just bringing it on to play this show or play when we have shows, like, I think that's, that's way better for, for that type of project for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No arguments, less stress. Like I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and are you trying to take like that solo stuff as, just being as trying to experiment as much as you can because like paralysis has like i was like okay this could it feels like it touches like the folk alternative kind of world um without it being like oh like i only listen to folk music if you know what i mean like yeah i think when someone's like i love folk music it's like oh okay like like it feel like i feel like they like folk music the way that i like oh i like hardcore music it's like that's kind of like their identity and their origin point when they write other stuff or or if they do that um but i can i can feel that it goes there without it being like that's my identity like i feel like i i can see you doing more and touching more genres but i don't know if that's the plan yeah yeah that that actually is the plan you hit it right on the nail um yeah paralysis is like it's not the set sound and genre that Mm -hmm. music's gonna be it's just like because every song has a different feel but like you could tell it's the same artist like you know with with bands like they put out one album and then they release another one you're like is this is this even the same band like i i don't want that i want to have like a consistent sound but like different elements here and there um but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely playing with different like genres, sounds and feels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like there's different genres as well, like outside of like that solo project that I'm currently working on as well. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, so it's I'll, not just that little box. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll quote. Um, you, I I know that you know Adam, who sings in Orthodox. I I heard that you yeah. mentioned that you know him from another podcast. But uh, when he was on, the last time he was on, he brought up a really great example where like bands in the hardcore space will only try like if they do anything like slightly different, people are like, have they had an identity crisis? You know, like they'll get very. <laughs> yeah particular about it but you look at an, an artist like donald glover this was the example that adam was telling me he'll put out one album totally genre shift for the next and then totally shift and people are like he's so creative he's so this and this so there is a weird thing within and and it's different when it's like a collective bunch um when it comes to that but yeah i think when you're doing solo stuff i think you should just be able to yeah this is my funk ep and then two years later if i do like a like a something a little bit more like darker grunge or you know whatever it is like i think that's a really awesome ability to get those ideas out with like very very uh little pressure yeah like if as long as you're proud of like your project who cares like what people think like if they rock with it they rock with it and if they don't f them yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's very true it's 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 very hard sometimes when especially in the hardcore space where you're like trying to like have this like okay what what are people gonna mosh to what are people gonna respond to like thinking about those kind of things but at the end of the day it's like if you're just writing music whether it's hardcore or alternative music like if you like it, that should be the final stop as far as the quality check, you know? Yeah. Are you... So Zulu is the only heavy project that you're doing. Is there any thoughts in the future to do more stuff? Are we going to get a project where Christine's only on the mic and uh, in fronting? Or uh, is is Zulu enough for you on the heavy music side right now? No, I could definitely dive deep into like the heavier parts. Um, I'm actually currently writing for a band that I could front. Um, just like waiting for a friend to come out so we could jam out some stuff. But okay. it's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's okay. Coming. Okay. Yeah, it's coming. Let Christine cook. <laughs> Something's happening. Yeah. That's very exciting. Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen some videos of you doing like guest vocal spots on different tours that you've been a part of. I'm like okay she's 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 got it and uh i want i want to see more of it in that in that way yeah if there's one thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna do guest spots and yeah i just that's just like that's just trying to fill the hole of me not fronting a band until Mm. i can actually do it so yeah but yeah i think i haven't and i'm not just saying this because you're on the pod i haven't thought about someone fronting i haven't envisioned and been confident with someone fronting a band and knowing that will go really well if and when it happens as much the last time i had that feeling was when uh uh when isaac from knock loose was on the show because i'm like that that's what i'm saying guest vocals (laughs) on guest vocals and i'm like he could do it all when i think the the initial point is when i saw him do his guest spot in the wrist meets razor music video i was like okay 
the minute that yeah. this man is in a band that he's fronting and not playing guitar, that would be game over. But I think you are the only other person off the top of my head that I could also see that really, really doing well. Dude, thank you. That means a lot, really. And you're you're already ahead of it. You're it things are already the wheels are already turning. So um that makes me <laughs> yeah. happy. Um, Thank you, Christine. A couple other questions. Um, do you still go by the nickname Krusty or Little Bit, and what's the story behind that? Krusty. Oh, that was that was like a nickname, like in high school, that a, like a girl gave me. She was like Krusty okay. Christine or something like that. It was a <laughs> stupid nickname. I, I don't know where she got that from, but where where did you find out about that? I have my sources. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm trying right. to up my Nardwar game on this podcast, so you know. That's weird. All right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so so crusty yeah. is one nickname. Is a little bit a, a secondary, or are those? connected i've i've never heard little bit before but crusty is definitely one that brought me back okay <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you post uh but you know maybe okay. should, should update certain things as far as that not being a said nickname um yeah. all right you got me looking <laughs> at you differently like who are you <laughs> <laughs> well the the goal is not for anyone to come up to you and be like Yo, Krusty Christine, try to give you a fist no, bump on the show. No, no, don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. <laughs> do Do you have oh, any current Lord. nicknames that you go by, or just we we just keep it Christine? Uh, the, my bandmates call me Chris a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, Braxton, he always has some weird nickname for all of us. So <laughs> right. he calls me Christie's Christ. <laughs> Christy. Um, Christy, like. I I love Braxton. He cracks me up. He's just he has like the weirdest names for me. Um, mm. But Christie's Christ is like the number one. Like, yeah, that one is fire. <laughs> That's saying that makes me want to sneeze. If that makes sense, it's like yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. Like Christie's, like Christ it has Jesus that. <laughs> Bra- Braxton, yeah. love that human. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. imagine the list that he has for nicknames for not only bandmates, but other homies of his. Um, okay. The other thing I want to ask you, prior to all the band stuff that we talked about, um, you played in the high school marching band uh, out there in yeah. Tempe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you... Yeah. Yeah. What do you miss most <laughs> about <on>. that? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, the routine was nice. Like I, I'm a huge advocate for routine. I hate when things are just spontaneous. Hmm. Um, so like just going to school and then right after school, get ready for practice or a game. Hmm. Um, but like just hanging out with my friends and like playing music was really fun. And drumline was like, it was like, it was fun, but it was also very taxing. But, like, I miss being, like, pushed to work hard and, like, be your best. Because, like, you, you need that. Like, you need the motivation to, like, continue to grow. 
Mm-hmm. Do Do you feel like you haven't felt pushed in that same way when it comes to band stuff, or is that like a self imposed thing? Like, are are there certain drummers or bands that you see and you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta up my chops because so and so is also playing this li- this fest or this show, and you know, like they're kind yeah. of making me self reflect on my abilities like you're an absolutely killer drummer um but i think that there is something to be said about when you are playing with a band that kind of like makes you subtly uncomfortable by how good they are if that makes sense yeah uh every time like we're playing with other bands like especially hardcore fests and stuff like that like for example benny you know benny yes an incredible drummer He's like three times my size. Um, <laughs> if anyone listening has ever seen me in person, I'm. You could totally do bitty. three Christines, and then that <laughs> yeah, three Christines I'm equals one tiny. Benny. Yeah, I just seeing how I don't know if it's like his height advantage that has him like able to hit harder, mm. but the dude can shred. Like he's put in his chops. Like when I see his videos and stuff like that, I'm just like, dang, like. I got to get back in the workshop. Like this is yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> that that man um, shows his homework, which is uh, I think yeah. a big thing. Like you know, I think it's cool to put your head down and you know practice in silence or or in the shadows, so to speak. Um, but yeah. I think it's it's wild to watch videos of him from 2015 or 16 or 17 when he was like just starting to play drums to where he is now is. Yeah crazy it's crazy like you mm-hmm. see the the progression and it's it's paying off for him yeah and it's he's awesome yeah um so 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 to go back to that kind of initial point as far as like when you're doing drumline and you have like kind of a you know someone who's like helping see the whole vision as far as the whole the whole band um are there certain things that you've applied when it comes to zulu and again it's it's challenging with like the fact that you're in a totally different state and have to go there and probably have limited time to do, um, you know, the practicing before the show. So is there like different things that you do at home that are kind of like helping that maybe one practice for that tour? Um, you know, just like kind of doing your own homework, um, to make it go successfully once you're actually, uh, linked up with everyone. I definitely practice the the set a lot. And like I go back and like relearn the old songs and then relearn the new songs so like I can play it like with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um but I also like jam out to like my favorite albums and like just to get my chops back up. Uh cuz I'm not really like a rudiment person like I didn't really care for that like drum wise. Mm. Um but yeah, like just jamming out to like your favorite album helps a lot. Like it get, gets you back in that zone of like the muscle memory. And uh, yeah, and then when I get there, it's just business. Just hash out the songs and get ready for a show. Right. Like, like I feel like when we, like for me personally, like when it's time to practice, like I don't really want to fool around. Like I just want to get it done and then we could fool around afterwards, you know? Sure. So that's yeah. kind of like the mindset I'm working up for. Yeah. I, I hate having to be band dead and be like, okay, we've, this five minute break has turned into 20 and like, you know, like yeah. we, we got, we got business to, att- to attend to. Um, but I would rather just yeah. bust out the set 
as many times as possible and then be like, okay, let's just chill or go, yeah. go grab food or something. But uh, not everyone thinks that way, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know. Who uh, who drags the most at Zulu practice? Who who gets off the tracks the easiest? Um. Uh... Or the most distracted. Braxton. Bra- that checks out. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, because he doodles a lot. And it's like a guitar center session where mm. it's just like you walk into guitar center and everyone's playing guitar and it's loud. No one can hear each other. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd say it's Braxton. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, I drove six yeah. hours to be here. <laughs> can we focus up just yeah. a little bit, guys? And you're over here playing Van Halen. Like, yo, let's, <laughs> let's, let's run to the set. <laughs> Yeah, that's that checks out for sure. Um, when are we gonna see a Zulu drumline part in a song? Do you think, or do you want to do that? I don't know. I don't even know what that would sound like. Like, yeah, I don't think that would ever happen, honestly. Maybe in a live setting. Yeah, I think it would be cool in a Maybe. live setting. Yeah. Just like go in the crowd with like a marching snare. Yeah, yeah I can do that. Yeah. Do you do like the where the sticks go the other way? And like, did you do that when you were in no. high school or you're just like. I was always jealous of the people that can do it. Mm. I just like had simple tricks like the twirling stick trick and all that stuff. But I never did like all that crazy stuff. <laughs> like that's, yeah, I was like, nah, I'm going to drop a stick and it's going to be embarrassing. So I just right. I never did it. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you are you a drummer who has the extra drum sticks um like on the on the kick drum you have like a thing on your hi hat I've seen some drummers have yep. them wedged under their butts um I don't know Yeah that's what I do Yeah okay Yeah cuz I I'm so paranoid when I'm playing like I don't want anything to go wrong mm-hmm. so like I always make sure I have like two sticks underneath my butt and like i always tighten my hi-hat clutch in between songs like i i don't know why it's a it's a bad habit but i do it every every show Mm. is that a bad habit or a good habit to always be doing that it's good and bad because i'm like why am i doing that so much like it's as tight as it can go (laughs) sure i don't want to like think oh it's tight enough and then it just falls apart and it has happened so Mm -hmm. you can never be too careful Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of the last questions I can ask for any of the the Zulu sets that you've had. Talk to me about a moment where it was like disaster strikes, like someone falls into the drum set and like you lose half your kid. Um, a symbol just is not staying in one place. Talk to me about the worst time. And how and how you push through that because when you play a show, it's just it the train keeps moving. So as as much Jeez. of a nightmare. Uh <laughs> me personally, I think the worst set I've ever played in Zulu was uh it was a local LA gig. I'm not gonna say the venue, I'm not gonna say what bands we played with, because it was just it was so bad. But it's like <laughs> okay. this venue and the sound guy is just awful like he just did not know what he was doing and even though like he was he was micing the drum the kick drum like where the beater is when he should be putting it in front in the porthole so i was like hey dude like 
why don't you like try Wait, putting you put it the, the mic hole. like where your feet go yeah like right next to the beaters so like if anything i could hit it yeah like totally it was like no room to like move around and i was like hey like try putting it in front of the bass drum and he's like i know what i'm doing i got it and i was like all right dude so he walks away and i'm like okay i'm gonna get up and do it myself like he's not gonna notice that it's missing right so it's like it's still gonna sound terrible because the sound is crap in this venue and i didn't have a kit to play so i was playing another band's kit and the kit was just <laughs> the way that it was tuned was just atrocious it's like the only way i could say it like mm. no hate to whoever the drummer is but it was just it was set up really bad and things were falling apart and everything kept sliding and i was just like dude this is terrible and then the sound cut out and it was just it was so bad but i made it through but like i still think about that set it was a nightmare <laughs> like <laughs> so it wasn't anything super drum specific it was more just like all of the forces around you affecting just the overall like yeah the neg the negative vibe points were you know just going down and down and down yeah and you're like let's just push through yeah. this so we can leave this venue and go <laughs> home and go to the next one because i had people fall into the drum kit like we had a show in baltimore mm. and it was like a last minute show so like people were really showing out and someone bumped into like my ride symbol and it like fell on me and my floor time fell down too and i was like dude but like anaya picked it up and all that it was it was it was honestly like really fun like i didn't mind that it got knocked down because like yeah. i could still play and adjust but yeah it was it was cool yeah when when it's happening for 10 seconds versus the 10 minute zulu set and you're like it's just like is this really the standard as to which we are agreeing to play this right now? Um, yeah, like this is too dangerous. Yeah. I've never heard of a sound guy miking the beater of the drum, not just the sound hole or where the sound would be projecting. Like, I've never seen that before. I was like, dude, where did they find this guy? Like on Craigslist? <laughs> like he didn't know anything. Like he didn't know how to work the soundboard, nothing. Like it was like we were doing his job for him like yeah it's crazy and whether a, a sound guy has a ton of experience or no experience which this sound guy is the latter um you don't really want to step on the sound guy's toes you just kind of want to leave them to as long as like you have what you need you don't want to piss them off because they're already yeah. probably in a pissy mood but yeah that's that's whack that i hope that that guy yeah. hasn't done sound for another show because clearly he has no he's he's doing. still there he's still oh, he's still living oh, okay thriving yeah i've heard from other sources he's still there and he's still, still putting that mic uh, <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the beaters so uh well <laughs> if you're listening maybe uh google how to mic a kick drum at a rock show and uh please for the love of god a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, Christine, the very last question before we wrap up the show uh, that I ask every single guest who comes here on the pod is a favorite mosh-related story that you would like to share. And so that's anything that's first your head. could be wholesome, gruesome, uh, something that happened to you or something you did, Zulu show or not, whatever's first to your dome is how we start to head towards the close. Oh, man. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the 
I went to go see Sanction. They were on tour with uh, Dying Wish, Vamakara, Sea Space Cowboy. It was right. a crazy lineup um, here in Phoenix. <clears throat> and Sanction was playing, and I don't know if you're familiar with that band, but they have a song where it's like crazy in the, in the beginning, and then like it's, there's a break. And then all you just hear is like a heart monitor going like beep, beep, beep. Yep. And then like the beat drops. Dude. <laughs> like they had the lights off when that happened. And there was a guy in front of me just standing there. And then there's another guy moshing in front of him. He like comes straight for that guy. And so like he gets pushed into me. And then I get pushed into like a supply closet. And like <laughs> oh this dude is God. still beating on him. So it's like I'm on the sideline like watching this dude get his like face pummeled in. And then, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, all good hugging and, like, shaking hands. I'm, like, what the heck? Like, you just pushed me in a supply closet. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know where I was. And I just, like, closed the door calmly and just, like, went back to my corner to watch the show. And I was, like, did that just happen? Like, it was really weird. But Yeah, one second you're really watching Sanction. And then the <laughs> next section, you're, like, it's brooms and a mop. And, and you're, like, how did I get here? Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> how did I get here? I was, like, I didn't even know there was a door. Cause it looked like it was just a part of the wall. Sure. But like crazy. <laughs> Cause like the lights were off and everything. I was like, dude, what is like, I thought I was dying. Like right. the heart monitor was me hearing myself in the hospital. <laughs> it's just yeah. like having this flashback into high school, just being pushed into a locker and like trapped in there. You're like, what's <laughs> happening? Um, I was like, is this wild. how I go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's funny. Um that that tour has been brought up multiple times on the show. Um it was definitely one oh, of wow. those like pre it was the like one of the last things kind of pre-covid that was going on. Uh, I think that tour came yeah. up to Vancouver um dipped down and in, back into the states and then I think a few days later it was like everyone was locked down going home. Um but people yeah. have brought up that tour specifically. But I and I know that part exactly as as you were saying because sanctions <laughs> played Calgary and uh, hearing that with no lights I was like oh that is someone's heartbeat that is about to go out like I'm gonna watch yeah I was myself. like everyone's dying in this room like there's no <laughs> way out <laughs> uh, well Christine it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you learning a little bit more about your story and uh, talking all things drums uh, all of your links and the Zulu links for the new record will be in the notes and the YouTube description uh, if there's anyone you want to plug anything you want to shout out or anything you want to send the people off with the floor is yours uh, check out Zulu's new LP and new tomorrow that's out now on every single streaming platform you can think of Check out my solo project. It's Christine, period. You can find my song Paralysis out now. Uh, new music will be coming out soon. And uh, yeah, thank you, Spencer, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't uh, raise too many eyebrows for you when it came to some of these questions. But, uh... <laughs> no, you're good. You got it. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to do my research out here. Uh, yeah. New Tomorrow, Flatspot Records, Zulu, and Christine. Hopefully fronting another band yep. soon. So be on the lookout soon, for that as well. Soon. Soon. <laughs>